0: Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, Ronnie Court and Mark Jackson, one of the, well, former Bronco wide receivers. Three amigos. Three Uh, amigos for life. Yes, Mark Jackson. Thank you so much for joining me uh, on the podcast. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast. You can find Mark on Twitter. Where can they find you on Twitter?
1: MJAX80, MJAX80, on Twitter or Instagram. You can find me.
0: Oh, find him everywhere. You can also follow me on Twitter as well at Ronnie K. Radio and our friends at Tap141920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip and a jump away from tap 14 is Coors Field. And of course it is Broncos podcast, but Hey, when you're out there at the Rockies game, well, when you're done with that, go check out that rooftop up there at tap 14, just the tremendous 70 different Colorado craft beers. And then of course, uh, they've got some tasty food as well too. So be sure to check out my friends at tap 14, spell out the word 14 for me on the web, tap 14. Com. You know, we, we've been doing these positional breakdowns in our Broncos Blitz podcast. We talked about the quarterbacks, talked about the running backs. We will release them sequentially in a series as training camp approaches. And now it's time to talk about the wide receivers. And I thought to myself, who better to talk wide receivers huh? than my blabbering mouth? And, of course, <laughs> a guy who played the position, Mark Jackson. Well, thank you for considering me. Uh, Oh, it was a very easy consideration. Uh, Let's start with this uh, because this is the hotly debated question with the Denver Broncos. It's obvious Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Those are your two focal point guys. But the number three wide receiver has been a problem for many, many years for the Denver Broncos. Uh, They've had the likes of Benny Fowler trying out uh, Cody Latimer. That didn't work. You know, different rookies, free agent pickups, maybe, uh, you know, I remember even going back. There was a time where Daniel Graham was almost their third wide receiver. You know, do they have a solution now this year? The Denver Broncos on their roster at the third wide receiver position.
1: You know, Ronnie, I believe they have a solution. Whether whether they use that solution or not, that concerns me a bit because I remember hearing. I'm not sure if it was the one of your podcast or some sound that I heard from uh, Coach Vance Joseph saying that they really don't have a third receiver or a slot position position. They, they want to be able to move Demarius in the slot or Emmanuel in the slot or a tight end in the slot, which I can kind of understand that, but I don't really I don't really buy into that. I really believe uh, during the area that I played in, and I think teams that have the most success have guys that play in the slot.
0: It's so a little more of a traditional look on the offensive side. Well,
1: playing in the slot is, is much different than playing on the outside. Playing on the slot – in the slot, it's all about positioning and being able to read a defense. So, you know, your wide receiver may not, you know, your split out, may not be able to, you know, read defenses as well as your uh, even your wide out. And then you have the slot guy. I was I was great at just nestling in between linebackers. I felt sure. very comfortable with it, too. That's another thing about playing in the slot. If you're not comfortable with it, then you're not going to play a very good, you're not going to run very good routes. So it's it seems like they're interchangeable, but they're not.
0: Yeah, they're two different positions. And I think a lot of fans look at depth charts, and they just assume the number three guy is it's like the that. the slot guy. Is the slot guy. He's yeah. just because he's penciled in number three. And that's not the case. But maybe that's what people are doing this year because Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, they're the established top two. Mm-hmm. got to be on the outsides. Well, now you look at that inside slot uh, uh, uh as according to the depth chart, at least, you would think it's one of the rookies, Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. How big of a disadvantage is it, though, to put them in a slot position, uh, particularly, obviously, Sutton, who's more of a big-bodied guy. You want a little bit more shifty, smaller guy, uh, almost kind of like yourself, uh, in maybe a Deshaun Hamilton, but still a guy who's very inexperienced.
1: You know, it, once again, it comes back to comfortability. And the second thing is... Um, I believe, and, and once again, we'll see how this pans out for the Denver Broncos, but for my rookie year, I played in the slide. We had Steve Watson and Vance Johnson, who were the established receivers. Sure. Uh, I was able to come in there because we played a lot of that at Purdue University with Jim Everett. Uh, we're throwing the ball around a lot, and uh, I was very, very comfortable with it. And I think that's how the coaches and why the coaches put me in that position. I actually led the team in receiving. I didn't start one game my rookie year, but I led the team in receiving playing in that slot position. So it just goes to show you how valuable that slot position is if you have the right person there. That's a lot of moving the chains that I did as a rookie.
0: Well, and and I think it's one of those, and I know we use this term a lot for tight ends for quarterbacks, but it's kind of like a security blanket. It is. It really is. I mean, it's that guy who can kind of just nestle between the defense and just kind of find those little gaps, anticipate where they're moving. So I – I almost think it's more of a uh, cerebral position more than anything because there is so much outside of just being physically uh, uh, gifted that goes into the position.
1: You're exactly right, man. And and maybe that was... That must make you a smart guy. I've always been the (laughs) cerebral guy. I mean, that's how I made it as a walk-on at Purdue University. Mm -hmm. I believe that's how I made it with the Denver Broncos. Uh, Dan Reeves was very, very much a, a stickler on... You know, I got to be able to rely on this guy to be in the right place at the right time, and and literally in that slot position, uh, a receiver, a small receiver that gets it, that's comfortable with it, can, like I said, nestle between the linebackers, can find those those holes, uh, even between uh, that the, the hashes and the hashing the numbers. Yeah, it's, it's just being able to, to hook up in zone versus running through a zone versus a, a man coverage. Uh, Stand on the go, and I really believe. I really believe that Deshaun Hamilton has the the best ability or the best. Mm. He's structured the best, and as I watched his highlight film and I watched him uh, at Penn State, he, he looks like that guy that would be very comfortable doing it.
0: And it feels like he has a natural. I, I don't want to say gift, but uh, but idea or feel of the position, you know. It is a gift. I, th- I think it is. I think it is natural. It's it, um, it's al- it's almost kind of like a quarterback with awareness in the pocket. There's just kind of that that natural feel that the pocket's closing. Got to get rid of the football. You absolutely. Know? Uh, linebacker to the left and right, but maybe that linebacker farther off on the right side. Maybe float to the right a little bit just to give yourself a little bit more space. You know, uh, kind of that natural gift that I think. And he's a very good route runner too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the
1: things that, um, as I'm looking at this and, and and we're having this conversation, the Broncos really haven't had that. They had Benny Fowler in that position, who was, uh, you know, it, it was very inconsistent. It seemed like a very awkward fit. Yeah, and he and he wasn't that he wasn't that guy that was going to catch the ball and give you yak. Um, he, he was almost an interchangeable. He's a big guy, a big body guy. It was almost interchangeable putting a tight end there or Benny Fowler, uh, Cody Latmer. Never really developed into that guy, and uh, never really. I mean, it's one of the reasons he's not here right now. I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's the Broncos Blitz podcast speaking with one of the three amigos, Mark Jackson, uh, former Denver Broncos wide receiver. You can find him on Twitter, uh, Mjax8080. 80 A X eight zero and Y eighty. Um, you
1: know, because something, it was it was you know something funny a about my number Twitter that I was did, close to you. I didn't even <laughs> set up my Twitter account. Oh really? My boss did. He says, "Man, you need to have a Twitter account." <laughs> I was working at a, I was working at a, a personal development company in Las Vegas. But my wow. boss is a huge sports fan, huge sports. He's like, "You don't have Twitter, man? You got to get on Twitter." And I was like, "Man, I don't do Twitter." He's like, "Ah, you got to," and he created everything for me. Okay.
0: And he just said, ah, we're going to use your number. You're in you Jack's
1: 80. Okay. All right.
0: Duck. Very good. There you go. You can follow Mark on Twitter. And, of course, uh, you are also on Mile High Sports Radio with uh, Gil Whiteley. Yes. 11 to 1 every single day, Monday through Friday. You guys do all kinds of stuff. You're wearing your red shirt because it's Red Shirt Friday.
1: Anything's possible Love on our that. Show.
0: Anything's possible. That's right. Uh, let's talk about it because you've experienced this before, and this has been a conversation uh, by many, the, the big difference between this year and last year last year, obviously Case Keenum coming in, but more so eliminating the interesting dynamic of multiple quarterbacks rotating through, throwing at wide receivers. Uh, you had john you had the, the the luxury of john elway throwing you the football for a majority of your career but there was a short time where there were multiple wide res- or multiple quarterbacks throwing mm. the football your way how big of a difference is it really when you're catching the football uh, trying to work chemistry with quarterbacks uh, route running timing routes stuff like that when it comes to the changing of quarterbacks and having one solidified established guy
1: there's a few differences that the obvious differences in in, in arm strength and yeah. technique so in my case uh, john elway i played and probably about 90 percent of the receptions i have came from john elway uh, gary kubiak was the backup at that point in time but it was john's show but john and gary are two totally different quarterbacks gary kubiak if i'm running a 10 yard out route gary kubiak when i planted my my left foot to break out on that out mm. route mm. uh the ball was already in the air and as I turn my shoulders, I see the ball, I catch the ball, and I can turn it up. upfield. John Elway, when I plant my foot on that out route, I turn around, and I can look at John, and he still has the ball in his hand. <laughs> but when he threw it, it got there. It got say, there. Pretty dang quick. You catch rocket. the ball and turn it up. So that if you can see, if you can imagine that, the two differences in quarterback, one a timing quarterback throwing on anticipation, and one's a pat-pat, I'm going to rocket it to you guy. Uh, the ball still got there, pretty much at the same place, at the same time, but just different deliveries. So last year was just a hodgepodge of Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch. Um, the other, the other, um, a facet of having multiple quarterbacks is not just the arm strength and how they, what technique they use, whether it was anticipation or or or, or firing it to you, but your confidence in it. Mm, When you have this revolving quarterback thing as a receiver, you may think it's crazy. You know, say, just do your job as a receiver. Don't worry about the quarterback. You can't help it. You're a human being. Well, chemistry is such a big thing. Absolutely. It's like dating a girl. uh, Ronnie, you know a lot about this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not so much
0: lately. You have to talk differently (laughs) to
1: different girls. You have different expectations from different girls. Well,
0: let's put a a real-life scenario in front. I mean, if you are working in a cubicle, sales, whatnot, your sales manager is going to have a certain style, a certain message. Next week, there's a whole new sales manager who has a whole new sales message and a whole new goal and a whole new style. And then three weeks later... There's a whole new manager, and that's what the Denver Broncos went through, as le- at least the wide receivers. And yeah. Maybe you can make an argument. The entire offense last year now solidified with that one guy. So how much is this uh, – it, does this allow guys to play faster? Because I know that's a term used a lot, playing faster because you know the offense. You know the one guy you're working with. You know, obviously, God forbid, an injury or, uh, of some sorts. Keith mm-hmm. Keenum is going to be the guy for 16 games. Yeah. How much easier is it to play faster?
1: It's so much easier. It's so much easier knowing that, uh, you know, when you're, when you're running out in the field, when you break that huddle, you know what to expect. Uh, last year, I I believe, and I don't think the quarterbacks, I mean, I'm going to give them, um, you know, I'm I'm not trying to bash the quarterbacks, but the fact of the matter is they were bad. They, they were they were bad, and the offensive coordinator was bad, and the scheme was bad, and your offensive line was bad. So, there was a lot was of bad, bad things going on. <laughs> okay. If you haven't picked that up, and it, it, it multiplies, right? Bad plus bad doesn't equal bad. Bad plus bad equals bad to the 10th power.
0: Yes, exactly. It's
1: exponentially bad.
0: Exponentially bad. Okay. <laughs> and, and that's what
1: they were experiencing. So, I mean, to have a quarterback that you know is going to be there every time, once again, it's a confidence thing. Secondly, uh, there's a timing thing that's going on, and then it becomes for you as a wide receiver, it becomes um, uh, a rallying point to where you you know you like you said you can play faster. You know exactly what to expect, and when you're moving the change, I mean success breeds success. Mm. And when you when you when you know that you're turning the ball over three or four times, I look at the three quarterbacks from last season: um, Trevor Simeon with 14 quarterback uh, uh, 14 uh, interceptions. Brock Osweiler with five, Paxton Lynch with three. I mean, that kills drives. It kills momentum. And more importantly, as a receiver, it kills your confidence Mm. that you can even get the ball.
0: Yeah, because, you know, wide receiver is such this interesting position because you are running out. And, I mean, one would hope that all wide receivers are running full throttle every single play, constantly running their routes. Mm -hmm but you may only get the ball a certain amount of times, you know, but it's still, you know, trying to, uh, obviously you're setting up defenses as the game goes, um, and, and making sure that you are always available so that when your name is finally called, you know, and, and, and I, I agree with you. The turnovers last year were so brutal, but even more so just those, those, those very measly third and two third and threes that they couldn't run the ball on short yardage downs. and, and, Again, you know, and I, I hate to sound like a broken record, and I hate to just continually bash the quarterback play, but it was bad. It was just not very good. And so, um, I, I am in, intrigued to see how Case Keenum works with these wide receivers, uh, which which does get to this next question when it comes to the rookie wide receivers, Deshaun Hamilton, Penn State, smooth route runner, kind of a shifty, smaller guy. And then there's Cortland Sutton, the second round pick. Big, tall guy, more Demarius Thomas like, jump ball guy uh, at a SMU. Which wide receiver do you think makes the bigger impact this year uh, for, for Case Keenum and the Broncos?
1: It's, it's hard to say, man. I, I really, uh, if I was the offensive coordinator, it would be Deshaun Hamilton for mm, sure. Because mm. I line him up in a slot. And the Case Keenum I saw playing with the Minnesota Vikings last year would love having a Deshaun Hamilton in the slot as that guy, that security blanket, that guy that can move the chains on third and short uh, when your running game isn't working too well. But if they're talking about putting uh, Cortland Sutton into the slot or you know m- moving him around and putting him in positions, I don't think that he's very comfortable with. Uh, I can't see how we can have much of an uh, of an impact. But one of the things about the Broncos over the last two or three years uh, for sure is their offense has been pretty anemic. So uh, for someone to come in and make a huge impact, I really don't have high expectations to say that, you know, one of these two guys, one of these two rookies are going to come in and have 50 plus catches this Mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. I mean, last year, the Marys had 83 uh, receptions. Uh, Sanders on a, on an injury-prone season, 47 receptions. But from there, it drops down to Fowler at 29, Latmer at 19. Uh, Jordan Taylor, 13 catches last season. I thought, I mean, it's amazing as the season goes, you feel like these guys are contributing. But the fact of the matter is it was just not much contribution. The Broncos wound up, I think, 27th in the league as far as points scored.
0: Yeah, I'm going to put on my Bill Musgrave hat here on the offensive coordinator side, and I look at it and I say, oh my gosh, Deshaun Hamilton could be that perfect slot guy. Uh, somebody who could not only be a a viable uh, competent option but potentially a serious threat because again he's he's so advanced when it comes to that route running and yes. and I, I I put so much stock into that especially a guy like case Keenum who is one of those anticipation quarterbacks who does throw accurately on short yardage you know, he's not a Josh Allen who's just going to rocket the ball anywhere and, and, and maybe there's a little bit of inaccuracy with Allen where he's got to rely on the wide receiver I don't think you have to do that with a guy like Deshaun Hamilton so yeah. I think it, I think Think he's the valuable guy between the 20s and then you put in that courtland sutton in the red zone where i think he can be effective immediately as a big tall throw that fade and let the big boy go get it and you know when you're talking about
1: getting vertical on teams which the broncos didn't do a very good job of last year i think the the longest re- reception they had was harriman a 54 yarder um Demaryius had one forty-yarder. It was, I mean, they didn't stretch the defense very much last year, but it seems like Corten Sutton, uh, Sutton could be that guy where you line him up uh, along, put Emmanuel Sanders in a slide, or even put him in a slide, and to, if he's comfortable with finding that seam. I mean, how many times has the Broncos been beaten by you know Kelsey or Gronk or any of those guys just running up the seam? It's a simple route. Let the quarterback, you know. Look off the look off the safety mm-hmm. and let the quarterback mm-hmm. let those linebackers suck up, and that big body guy is a guy that you know. I'm hoping Cortland uh, Sutton can be that guy to actually move the chains and actually score some touchdowns in the red zone.
0: And I, and I think Sutton in the red zone can take advantage of just his physical stature. I mean, yeah. he's he's just a physical freak. He's a big guy, but if he's effective in between the twenties, I think that's very much going to be up to bill Musgrave and the offensive coordinator Absolutely. to uh, create those different mismatches and schemes. Cause look, uh, linebackers in the NFL today are absolute specimens but I'm not sure if they can keep up with a guy like Court and Sutton speed and physicality wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly going to be interesting to see that uh, a guy we we've spent what 15 minutes on this podcast and we have not talked about the rookie last year yeah. who of course battled all kinds of issues talked about the altitude had the thumb issue uh, more recently in trouble with the law with the whole eating marijuana thing at a traffic stop. You know, <laughs> we won't get into it. Let's just say he's healthy. Let's say he's ready to go week one. Carlos Henderson what what do you want to see from carlos henderson what do you expect from carlos henderson Uh, how does he lay out in this whole broncos wide receiver situation man what a disappointment and i don't want to blame it on him
1: from from last year but there were high expectations for a third round pick to come in and and make an impact and he made no it was like
0: he made zero impact right
1: there was nothing and and I don't, I don't know if anything's changing very much. I know one thing that's changing in the lay of the land is there's going to be a lot more competition. Um, th- there was so much like uh, we've been talking about. It. There's so much ineptness. I'm not sure if it was his fault that he didn't get more time or just the ability to, to actually prove something about himself or if it was the coaching staff. So they were doing the whole revolving doors at quarterback, revolving doors at running back with Jamal. Uh, Charles being here, the revolving doors at wide receiver, uh, it was it was an amazing season to go through. I, I wish I could just <laughs> just scrap the just
0: ah just put an excellent you just want to put a put red line in a trash it and and say it never even, happened. Yeah,
1: not even have that in the history of the Denver Broncos because yeah. it was frustrating for me. So Carlos is a guy that you know had a high hopes for, and I just haven't seen enough of him to even have any expectations on it.
0: So, but you got to think Carlos Henderson drafted in the upper rounds. I, and I hate this about any sport by default. You make the team because of your draft status. I think Carlos Henderson is probably going to be there. Obviously Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Those are five guys that we probably expect them to make the roster already. That puts two others who we've kind of talked about a little bit, and we haven't talked about this other one, the the shorter, shifty, speedy Isaiah McKenzie, mm-hmm. for the number six and seven spots. I can't imagine they're going to keep seven wide receivers. No. Really, don't know if they should be keeping six, but in today's day and age, day and age in NFL, particularly also with their return ability, because we saw Jordan Hamilton, uh, Jordan Taylor take over yeah. for Isaiah McKenzie with return games last year. If you had to pick one of those two, who makes the roster? Do we not know yet? Is it is it all going to come down to training camp, preseason, um, and and what they can do not only on the field as a receiver but also as a returner?
1: I hate to say it, but the jury's still out on that. Um, I but know I think the that's, coaches, I think it's fair to say that though. Well, you know, people want you to to make a decision of course, and, and yes. want to see and know exactly what's going to happen. And the fact of the matter is. Uh, and practice. I've never been a practice person. I'm like Allen Iverson. Practice, man. We talking about practice.
0: Well, let's do this. Let's do this. Because um, I know everybody wants to hear about. Oh, well, this guy absolutely has to make it. And you have to have definitive, he can't be on the fence. Give me an argument for uh, Jordan Taylor. I'll give you an argument for Isaiah McKenzie. Okay. All
1: Go right. Ahead. Let's do it. All let's right. do it. So Jordan Taylor makes the team because he has been uh, a very consistent. So coaches like consistent play. He's been a very consistent person with the Broncos. So when Isaiah McKenzie was dropping, uh, you know, fumbling uh, punt returns, he was a guy that they can call on. That they knew he's gonna, he wasn't gonna take it back to the house, but he's gonna, you know, secure the ball, give you a chance to get your offense on the field and move the ball forward. He's also a guy that when you're throwing that back shoulder fade, he's got the size and, and the body to actually make those catches. And he seemed to be a clutch guy on third down situations last year. So Jordan Taylor has the potential to be that guy, the workhorse guy that shows up and can help you move the chains. So that would be a reason to keep him on the team.
0: I would keep Isaiah McKenzie for two big reasons. One, uh, he has special abilities in speed and shiftiness, acceleration. That's not something Jordan Taylor has. Uh, There is a special talent. Now, whether he holds onto the ball, different story. You (laughs) could tell last year, a lot of that was mental. There was a lot of mental situations. And look, I'm going to also throw Vance Joseph under the bus here. I think Vance Joseph threw Isaiah McKenzie under the bus multiple times, throwing him out there when he really shouldn't have been out there. There were times you could have pulled off there, but also too, maybe consider the new kickoff rules. Guys can't move until the ball is kicked off. This allows returners, and I think this is going to be a bigger deal than many talk about right now. A lot of people think, oh, it's just a A a small little change, no big deal. It's not going to make a difference. Well, these guys can't get running starts anymore. They can't get serious momentum. And then all of a sudden now, you may have one extra lane that opens up. And again, for a guy who has so much special speed, special acceleration, was talking with Les Shapiro, who hosts our afternoon drive radio program. Les has been around the Broncos for 30 years. Uh, Les is a very well-respected opinion. He believes that that Isaiah McKenzie is the fastest, uh, quickest guy he has ever seen at Broncos camp, down there at Dove Valley or or anywhere else. Um, That's how special this guy is quick. Uh, It it is one of those things where— I used to
1: be the quickest guy.
0: Oh. I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> oh, this is a little, oh. a little awkward. I mean, he said everybody no. except for one of the three. Right, amigos. Right, right, he didn't right, right. state which one, though, that so I sense. would have a chat yeah, with him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But regardless, anyways, McKenzie, I think, can be that guy who is is a specialty used guy. Another big reason, too, Jordan Taylor fits the same mold as Cortland Sutton and Demarius Thomas. And I love Sunshine. I am a big Jordan Taylor fan. But wouldn't you rather have the guy who gives you a little bit different tools, a little bit different skill set, as opposed to just a simple carbon copy of Cortland Sutton and Demarius Thomas?
1: Not if he can't hold on to the ball. (laughs) Because it doesn't matter how fast you are if you don't have the ball. Yeah, I mean... I agree with you. I mean, you you gave me the hip injury gave, is a big deal too. You gave me Jordan Taylor as the yeah. You gave me Jordan Taylor as the guy to defend, so I did that.
0: Oh, okay, so it's my <laughs> fault. Well, let's let's. Play I actually
1: the... one of the things that one of the things that I loved about Isaiah McKenzie, which was an intangible, um, was when I watched him last year, he had a carefree, uh, happy attitude in camp. There was there was a lot of pressure, you know of you know, who's this Isaiah McKenzie guy? We got Carlos Henderson. You know, uh, Benny Fowler was actually starting to assert himself as someone. Cody Latimer was still the guy that they were hoping, the third round pick that they were hoping Mm -hmm. would develop. So, Isaiah McKenzie though, did did nothing but just go out there and have fun. uh, Catching punts, even when he was running routes. It looked like he was always having fun. And that's what I liked about him. And that's why I believe that he can play at this level. Uh, One of the things that I think, hurt him last year, uh, maybe to the point that you were bringing, that that uh, Vance Joseph left him out there, was he began to panic. It's kind of like if you've ever been to the casino and you go down on, your, on day one, sometimes you can panic. See, I usually walk away after day one. See, if, if, if <laughs> you panic, you can lose the whole shebang, right? You can actually start going to the ATM machine. Uh, he never had a chance to play with house money. So he was always, mm. I believe, wanting to make a big play yeah. to make up for the other yeah. fumble that he had. Sure. And that's what you do as a rookie. As you begin to understand this league, and if you had some good coaching, it'd be like, you know, not just l- let that one behind you, but I Isaiah, you don't, you don't have to prove anything. You, we know what skill set you have, and you know what skill set. Secure the ball first. He, this is the rule of any receiver, whether you're receiving punts, kickoffs or the ball on the route secure the ball first how many times have you seen a receiver go look to make a, a, a play before the ball gets there sure. and drops, a simple drops ball. the simple ball Yep. And, and it's just that conversation with this kid to let him know that to build that confidence and then like you said once the ball's secured look out he's you know he's lightning in a bottle you uh, don't we'll, know what can happen
0: we will see how it goes because i tell you what if he makes plays in training camp preseason Everybody's going to forget about all those fumbles. Yeah. And if he can show off that special speed acceleration, that pinball, just uh, go from point A to point B and then throw a point C in there on the inst of a flash. <laughs> wow. It's like, I mean, it is is—it is some pretty gifted stuff. And I know everybody, uh, they hear the name Isaiah McKenzie and they're like, no, cut the guy. He yeah. he he's fumbled enough. You know, I do believe in second chances, and and I do believe that this guy does get another opportunity. He should get another opportunity. And yeah, if he goes out in training camp in preseason and muffs a p- couple punts, sorry kid, you had a full off season to shake all this off you had your second chance. Then you probably do need to go after a Jordan Taylor and keep him. But also at the same time, too, Jordan Taylor's hip and how that procedure goes through um, certainly will be uh, in play as well, too. Mark, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, Mark, or
1: mjax80 on Twitter. At Mjax eighty M J A X eight zero,
0: and then you can find me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. You can catch Mark Jackson on Anything's Possible with Gil Whiteley. Uh, give me a uh, uh, thirty seconds. Describe the show. The
1: show is uh, exactly what it's entitled Anything's Possible. <laughs> I mean, we talk football, baseball, basketball, sure. hockey, uh, lacrosse, golf. I mean, Gil's been on the air for over thirty years. Yeah uh the guy's got just a plethora of information in his brain i'm the comic relief uh love football learning some of the other sports and learning from him if you like to just have fun and hear two guys shoot the breeze and and even call in and shoot the breeze with us man that's anything's possible check us out 11 to 1 Monday through Friday.
0: And you got a lot of stuff going on personally, uh, personal training, all that kind of stuff. Tell Absolutely. I love helping
1: it. people. I give in any way that I can to help people just to get better. My motto is I'm constantly learning and growing. I think people should do that. Three most dangerous words in the English language are I know that. So once you think you know it all, I can't deal with you. But if, if you're open to learn and grow, I can help you with nutrition. I can help you with your mortgage. I can help you with... Uh, Just about anything that it is that I've had some experience with, I'm willing to share.
0: And, of course, they can find you on Twitter to get all that info. MJax80 on Twitter. Very good. Mark Jackson. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you. I love having you in, man. Uh, you can check out the Broncos Blitz podcast and, of course, our friends who help out with it at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, 70 Colorado beers on tap in the 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits. Of course, Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair. It is just fan. Fantastic. Go check out tap 14 on the web. Spell out the words 14 for me. Tap 14.com. You can check out archives. And I was talking about it earlier. We're doing these, uh, this sequential series, say that five times fast of the Broncos positional breakdown. So different positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Of course, today with Mark Jackson, we're going to do the offensive line. We're going to do the defensive line. We're going to do special teams. What? Kickers and punters, because they got a cool punter this year who dances, and I want to oh, talk gosh. about him. Uh, you can find all that info at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com.